Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Jack. Sports Jack. It's Sports Jack. Welcome to episode 282 of the Sports Yak Podcast. Oh, you mean the Ryan Sandberg episode? Oh, now this guy I know. Yes, you do. Longtime Cubs second baseman who swatted 282 home runs in his big league career. The most famous two coming in 1984 against the St. Louis Cardinals. Afternoon game, I remember this well. I'm home in the summer from college. It's a Saturday afternoon. It's the backup game of the week with Bob Costas and Tony Kubek on the call. Cubs had been down all day. Um, they're trailing their arch rival Cardinals, I think at one point, six nothing. They come back and make it seven six. They're down by a run in the ninth, standing room only crowd on a hot day at Wrigley. And Sandberg off Bruce Souter, the former Cub, launches one over the left field wall to tie it at nine. Willie McGee, who hit for the cycle that day with two RBI in the 10th and or or perhaps it's the 11th. Maybe it's the 11th. Anyway, Willie McGee with two RBI gives the Cardinals lead. Suter is still in the game, which tells you it's a different era because relievers were pitching more than an inning those days. Suter's still in the game. Sandberg comes up and hits a two-run homer off of him to tie the game. And then they sparingly used Dave Owen with the RBI to win it. And the Cubs go on to not only win that game, but the NL East that year. I've always wondered, why has he not been the head skipper for the Chicago Cubs? I think, well, remember, he was the manager for the Philadelphia Phillies for a while. And it didn't necessarily go well. The Cubs did have him in their system for a while in the minor leagues. And maybe they just saw some things where they said, we don't think that he can get it done on the big league level. Okay. Now, I feel bad for David Ross now because the team that he's going to get uh, in 2021 is going to be a shell of what they were last year, particularly on the pitching staff. But we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. Ryan Sandberg, congratulations. This podcast is for you. Cue the open. Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network, presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but... Somehow they meet in the middle. It's all the way. It is. It's good. Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here. And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. All right, let's get this bad boy underway. It is a Friday. The the winter is allegedly on its way. They've done this to us before. Let's just see if it actually happens. I have a little more faith in this one. You think so? Yeah. 
Well, I have a little more faith that you're showing up in Warsaw tonight, so let's talk high school hoops. The Tiger Den, they're going to finally allow about 1,000 people in there, and it should be fun. Senior night at Warsaw as the Tigers take on Northwood, both of them very much alive in the Northern Lakes Conference race. Mishawaka leads the NLC, but they have three road games in the conference still coming up, so that's going to be difficult for Ron Heklinski's caveman. In fact, they have to go to Goshen tonight. That's not a given against Drew Hogan and the Red Hawks. But the game that we'll have tonight on TV 46, live streaming it for you at 745 on Facebook, YouTube, and the Champions Network, Northwood at Warsaw. Northwood, a talented young team. They're 9-3, and three, led by a couple of sophomores and Cade Brenner and Ian Rash going down to the Tiger Den to take on Judas and Fuquay, Jackson Gould, and the Warsaw Tigers. Yes, some great names. I thought you would great, like, great names. I thought you would like Judas and Fuquay in there. So wow, I that's... threw him in. He's actually the second leading scorer on the Tigers this year. So, so we might hear that name a couple times tonight. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think the key in this game two two areas to watch: the three point shooting and the rebounding. Warsaw this year has been a very streaky three-point shooting team. Their first three games in January, they were hitting 44%. Their last two games, 21%. So which Warsaw team shows up tonight may well dictate how this one goes. Northwood, one of the better overall shooting teams in the area. They shoot it well from two. They shoot it well from three. They shoot it well from the foul line. Can they stop turning the ball over? Both these teams average about 13 turnovers a game. They need to reduce that as we're about a month away from the tournament. Will you be keeping an eye on your phone for any other scores that you're interested in? Early game tonight, 6.30 start, is a big one in the Northeast Corner Conference between Eastside and Westview, both of them 10-3, and but Westview is 7-0 and in the conference, Eastside 5-1. and So this is a big game in the league. Eastside pretty much wins it with defense. All but one of their games that they've won, they've held opponents under the 50-point mark. Good luck doing that with this Westview team, which scores about 62 points a game. They've got a three-pronged attack with uh, Drew Littweiler, Brady Yoder, and Mason Yoder, and Ed Bentley having some success in his first year. The cupboard wasn't exactly bare that he inherited from Rob Yoder. So this one should be an interesting one to keep an eye on. And then there's two games in the NIC tonight that I find very interesting. South Bend Adams, undefeated, ranked number five. They've got number 10 Warren Central tomorrow. Don't look ahead. You've got to go down to the refurbished Airy in Walkerton. That's what they call their gym, the Airy, because that's where the Falcons play. And John Glenn, 12-2. and two. Now, John Glenn, after winning the Bi-County Tournament Saturday night, went to Marion on Tuesday, kind of got exposed a little bit, kind of got shown where their weaknesses were. Can they get those fixed up before they face a very good Adams team tonight. Adams, as we mentioned, 14-0 and leading the NIC. Right behind them in the NIC is St. Joe. St. Joe goes on the road to New Prairie tonight. We saw New Prairie last week on TV 46. They've got some offensive weapons. Braden Flagg, Rylan McBride, Hunter Smith, Brady Lipchinski. A lot of people who can shoot it. Sometimes the problem with New Prairie when they get up against these teams is defending them. And... Of course, St. Joe has J.R. Konesny, who is one of the leading scorers in the state, averaging about 30 points a game, and could be somebody who takes over the St. Joe County scoring lead eventually if if he remains at this pace. Uh, but they've also got Will Terry and Jack Fuda and Cole Hatkovich, uh, plenty, of, plenty of weapons for the veteran coach Mark Johnson to use. 
Uh, the kind of the side story in this game, Mike Bauer, who was the coach at St. Joe, is now the coach at New Prairie. So uh, that's something to keep an eye on. In this, Does game. he live in central time? Is New Prairie central time? New Prairie is central time, but they, they adjust. So uh, it'll start the same time most of the games around here do. Mm-hmm. Where's that line at? Where's the central eastern line? Right at the Laporte-St. Joe County line. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, we're we're right on the cusp of what we should be on. But Can I not. just say that one of my favorite phrases uh, ever, usually that come out of your mouth, is on the cusp? Thank you. I don't know why. It just is. Well, we're, we're there. We're right there on the cusp of being <laughs> on central time. <laughs> Precipice or cusp? Either one will work. Either one? Yeah. Interchangeable. Brink. Oh, Brink. Yes. Okay. You want to, I, I don't know how much high school you want to get into. Or are you ready to oh, up at the college? let's talk a little bit about girls basketball. And okay. give a tip of the old chapeau to the Goshen Redhawks team, which won their first Northern Lakes Conference championship last night with an easy victory over the Mishawaka Lady Cavemen. Sean Hill has done a great job. Of course, it helps when you've got talent like his daughter, Bryn Shoup Hill, who's going to play at Dayton next year. Uh, and so the Red Hawks, we'll see. We're hoping to see them next week, but I know Warsaw is hoping to knock them off in the first round of the tournament. That should be a very good game. It was earlier this year at the Tiger Den. Also last night, uh, two very close games. I watched uh, quite a bit of Northridge at Plymouth. Northridge winning that one on a three-point shot by Julia Montada uh, late in the game. And so Doug Springer's Raiders are hot right now. They've won five in a row going into the tournament. And we will see them next Friday night in the Goshen Girls sectional. Also last night, Elkhart edged John Glenn 48-47. So a nice victory for Will Cody's team as they get ready to face Penn in that Goshen sectional. Tell you the sectional will be wide open next week is the one over at Mishawaka. Watch Plymouth play last night. They are very capable of winning that sectional. Michigan City has some terrifically talented players in Thompson and Halfacre, but Laporte hammered Michigan City just a couple of weeks ago. They've got a young lady by the name of Ryan Ott who is going to go down and play at Purdue-Fort Wayne. So it'll be interesting to see how that Mishawaka sectional unfolds next week. Remind me to take a photo of this uh, work list of our podcast. Mm -hmm. this This is fantastic. I almost can't look down. Because it's got that Chuck comedic quality to it that's... All I said for the next one is, <laughs> man, the Irish are bad. They really are. And I don't know if you were able to watch any of it the other night. It was on a regional sports network, and I know you've got the, the I actually, funky setup at yeah, the house. I actually saw the post-game press conference of... Coach Bray trying to... Which was just as telling as the game itself. Yeah, it was... So you hang on to that. I'll describe the game, and then you can describe the post-game presser. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The Irish were playing number 20, Virginia Tech. And as we told you on Wednesday's episode of the Act, the problem there was Virginia Tech has a number in front of it. Because the Irish have not beaten a team that's been ranked in over three calendar years. And sure enough, they got off to a slow start. At one time, they were 3 of 16 from the field, to which I tweeted, Irish are 3 of 16 from the field. Great Bible verse, terrible shooting percentage. And it didn't get much better in the first half. If, in fact, if it weren't for Prentice Hub, they would have been completely out of the game. 
He had 17 of their 22 points in the first half. Nobody else was moving. Nobody else could do anything. The defense wasn't bad. They held Virginia Tech to 62. But the offense was putrid. They scored 49 points in a 40-minute game with a shot clock. I mean, that's just hard to believe that you could be that inept offensively. But they shot 36% from the floor and 3 of 18 from three-point range. And so after the game, what was Mike Bray like? I was trying to think if it was uh, your boy Skull Jr. that served this up or a Pippi Schmedley, but uh, he just, he was being very political, trying to find a perspective to, I mean, he knows he's got to sit there during a press conference, but he's like, yeah, there's a couple moments where they were doing things right, but I mean, it's just, he, he was grabbing for straws. Yeah. And that's what it seems like right now. And I don't know. I know this is going to make my boy Tom Noy go into convulsions. (laughs) He might already be in that. Well, he's not having any fun covering this team. I know that. But maybe maybe you have to have the conversation with Mike Bray. Because it's been, what, five years now? Almost six years since that. Pat Connaughton, Demetrius Jackson team that went to the Elite Eight. And the recruiting since then has been abysmal. And, you know, it's interesting. I said it was a lackluster effort. And my friend Ned, who has been in coaching, um, said, well, was it effort or was it talent? Neither one was good. And he's right. I mean, you just look at this team, and I know that, Look, the ND PR staff over there is doing their job. They're trying to throw up any positive that they can. So they talk about Nate Leshesky's great shooting percentage and things like that. You can't shoot it if you don't touch it. And Virginia Tech made sure Leshesky didn't touch it the other night. But fact of the matter is this team is 5-9. and nine. And I know a lot of the Blue Bloods are having bad years too. Duke is 500. Kentucky makes Notre Dame look good. I mean, Notre Dame beat Kentucky. Um, so that that kind of tells you the current state of college basketball, but it doesn't excuse it. It doesn't excuse the fact that right now, this has, to me, this doesn't have to do with COVID. This has to do with being talented and, quite frankly, a toughness you know, again, go back to the Connaughton Demetrius days. That team was mentally and physically tough. And it was clearly talented. Pat's still playing in the NBA. DJ's had a sniff in the NBA. Zach August has had a sniff in the NBA. Um, I don't see anybody from this team going to the NBA. There's just no way. So there has been a drop-off in the recruiting And for whatever reason, there is a drop-off in the mental and physical toughness of who's coming in here. One wonders how bad does it have to get until the powers that be have the conversation of maybe it's time for a change. And that's what I'm saying. Is It's about five years too late. No, no, you can't say it's five years too late because five years ago was that team that went to the Elite Eight. Would you have changed coaches right after they go to the Elite Eight? Maybe the year after. Really? Yeah, I mean, 
it, it just felt like you only give him a one year. I mean, well, how many years had I already given him? And that was a good year, twenty sixteen. I, I, how about before then? Well, I mean, that team, that particular team that was a lot of seniors in 2016, mm-hmm. did pretty well. They were going to NCAA tournaments on a regular basis. Then. Okay. Now you're not. Yeah, and that's, been a while. And, and that's why I say now is the time to bring up the question. I wouldn't have brought it up before. I know people wanted to pull the trigger, and people wanted to pull the trigger well before that. The good team. The good team, okay. too. Um, so you have to understand that sometimes things go in cycles, but this is a pretty, a pretty deep cycle right now. Okay. And so I think it's worth taking a look at. We had a rough morning on our morning show. Uh, you were not in the room, but you did uh, file a report. I about fell off my chair when you said that the Pistons beat the Lakers. So as I'm watching this, um, documentary on TV, I'm just kind of on my computer monitoring the Lakers-Pistons game. And the third quarter, I see the Pistons are up three, but it's the third quarter of an NBA game, so I'm not, eh, okay. And they're still up probably about five, uh, about seven minutes left fourth quarter. Okay, well, you know, LeBron will hit the on switch here, and, and they'll get going here. And then... Find out that it wasn't even close at the end. LeBron was one out of 12 in the second half for the Lakers. They were playing without Anthony Davis. I don't care. The Pistons had only won four games all year, had one of their most balanced efforts. Blake Griffin, remember him? <laughs> He's a comedian, isn't he? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Blake Griffin was supposed to be kind of the savior of this Pistons yeah. franchise. And he went off for 23 last night, including a couple of big step-back threes that we haven't seen out of Blake Griffin in a while. And Detroit wins going away. Now, you can open up the excuse factory, but to LeBron's credit, he did not. He did not talk about they didn't have AD. He didn't talk about, oh, it's the end of a long road trip. He didn't even offer the excuse, well, we're tired at the end of the long road trip. The only thing that might have been taken as an excuse is, I don't think we had quite had our legs on the second game of a back-to-back. They played on back-to-back days. Had played in Philly the night before. So they were in Detroit. By so, the way, where do the Pistons play now? They're not at Auburn Hills anymore, right? No, no. Like downtown yeah. somewhere? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, Little Caesars something? Yes. Yeah. So, but to LeBron's credit, he didn't make excuses. He said the Pistons played well, and we didn't. Yeah. And But it's still, that was a, a stunner last night. Speaking of LeBron, uh, just a little side trail. Have you seen any of the footage or trailer of Space Jam featuring LeBron? And if so, do you have any interest in that? I have not seen it. I, I might watch it. I would probably watch it at some point. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would necessarily feel like I needed to go to the theater to see it. You won't be jumping online and buying your tickets early type of movie. No, no. Yeah. Okay. Just out of curiosity. Because I saw the original. Yes. With Michael Jeffrey Jordan. I think we all did. Yes. Mm -hmm. And Bill Murray. Henceforth. Yeah, and I don't know who the side players are in this one. Yeah, I've not heard a word on who. I I don't know if it's Rabbit. I don't know if it's Duck. 
No, I meant like FUD. the Bill Murray type. Oh, 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 sorry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, North Ridge football, big change in the atmosphere. Yeah, Tom Ogeman has done a stellar job at North Ridge. Uh, he took over a program that had never won anything and quickly built them into a winner. They won a sectional regional championship. Uh, only a really good New Prairie team kept them from going to the state finals in 2015. Winning as coach down Winning there? coach okay. in Northridge football history. Guided them to their lone Northern Lakes Conference championship in 2017. Uh, has just done a terrific job in that program. Tom is a great guy. I sent him a text yesterday. said, I'm going to miss working with you. I hope this isn't health-related. He assured me it wasn't. He says, just time in my life to slow down and spend some more time with the family. So uh, Tom Wogeman did a great job at Northridge. I feel like I'm reading a eulogy for him. It shouldn't be. He's just retiring from coaching. Well, uh, surprise, Chuck. Here he is. Yeah. Tom, come on in. But it'll be interesting to see. They're going to keep the uh, application process open through March. So they're going to do a very thorough and extensive search, and we'll – We'll see who they're able to find. So we've got Laporte and Northridge both looking for football coaches. It's funny. I talked to a football coach a couple of weeks ago, and he mentioned how there weren't a bunch of openings this year. Well, now they're slowly starting to trickle open, and, and we'll see what the domino effect might be. Off the top of your head, which one's the better job? Uh, I would say Northridge is the better job. It's in a very competitive conference. You're going to have to contend with Warsaw, Concord, Plymouth, you got a really nice field to play but on. You've got a beautiful facility. Right. You've got a very supportive community. Yeah, hometown love. And uh I, I think that's I think that's the better job. Nothing against Laporte, but the facilities over in Laporte are a little bit old. And you've got to compete in a conference with some some schools that are really, really traditional powers in football. You know what drive me bananas? This is so mediocre. Being on a different time zone, so close to the Eastern thing, it would drive me nuts. Yeah. Especially if you lived, if he lived in South Bend, but coached in Laporte. Well, I, just th the I think you would have to move just so that you could make that adjustment. Yeah. Ugh. All right. We jumping into the NFL? Quarterback chaos right now. Deshaun Watson has now officially demanded a trade from the Houston Texans. Uh, we've not seen this before. Quarterback this young who is considered this good, although he only went 4-12 and last year. So one question is, well, how good is he? Um, but a quarterback this young really demanding a trade. Now, the Texans have him under contract for three more years, so they don't have to give him a trade. But we would see if he holds out and, and how all that mess goes. Um, there are a lot of people who are fans of the Bears that want Deshaun Watson because, well, they could have had him before and instead they drafted Mitch Trubisky. Um, it's interesting. You've got Stafford out there who is available. He's been made available for trade. Uh, you've got Deshaun Watson out there. And there are a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. Uh, I've heard the Niners are a, a huge contender for Matthew Stafford right now. I think New Orleans, waiting to see what happens with Drew Brees. Uh, what are they going to do? I know Pittsburgh is trying to re-alter the contract. Re-alter, nice word, Chuck. They're trying to alter the contract of Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, they 
they flat out told him, look, at the salary that you have on your current contract, we can't resign you because we just can't. And Roethlisberger says he's willing to work with them on renegotiating the contract, bringing the salary down so that he can play one more year. But clearly, Pittsburgh's going to need somebody. Quite frankly, there's not a franchise around that can confidently say we don't need two quarterbacks. Um, I think even the Tampa Bays and the Green Bays of the world, you look at your quarterbacks and how old they are, and you wonder you know, how long they can keep going. Mm-hmm. The problem is you've got egos involved there too. So, <laughs> Well, there's that. And that's what a lot of this has turned out to. But, okay, so let's say San Francisco goes after Stafford. Then who's going to get Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo took his team to the NFC Championship game just a couple of years ago. And now he's he's out there looking like trade bait too. Uh, what's New England going to do? Uh, Cam Newton's available. I think he's damaged goods. I don't see a huge market for him. But he's out there. Uh, just a, a lot of available quarterbacks right now of different ages and different proven skills uh, that should make this a very interesting offseason in the NFL. Did you happen to put your eyes on that video that the Cubs pushed out, Lester's goodbye? I didn't watch it because I already knew he was leaving. So It was a nice little five-minute highlight reel. Yeah, it, great. Why didn't you resign him if he meant that much to you? Right. Well, he, like the PR company up the road, is just pushing out the good things. Right. <laughs> you and know, well, he was great for because us. Because the Cubs want you to be distracted from the dumpster diving they're doing right now. Uh, it looks like they're going to sign the former Dodgers outfielder, Jock Peterson. Now, Jock Peterson had a really good postseason last year. Don't let that take away from the fact that Jock Peterson's stats over the last few years have almost directly paralleled Kyle Schwarber's. So if you wanted Jock Peterson, why didn't you get Kyle Schwarber? Well, Jock Peterson probably came in cheaper, and he does play better defense, but he strikes out an awful lot too, and I just... I'm not sure that that's kind of any answer for him. And then they signed a pitcher yesterday who had been with the Minnesota Twins uh, by the name of Cole Stevens, and he's started all of 17 games in his big league career. Right now, he's probably number two behind Kyle Hendricks in the rotation. So that gives you an idea that if you're – all of us want to go to baseball games. You know, anybody listening to the show – probably wants to go to a baseball game this summer. Whether I'm willing to spend money to go to Wrigley Field and support what the Ricketts family is doing right now, that also includes closing down TD Ameritrade yesterday for GameStop trading. Um, I don't know (laughs) that I'm necessarily lining up uh, in droves to do that. Now, if we get free tickets, that's another story. But Those are hard to turn down. Yes, free tickets are good. Uh, Spending money to go see a team. Now, I know a lot of people are saying, well, look, they still have their nucleus. They still have Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, Contreras. They've got all these people. Well, yeah, they do as of January 29th. Let's see. And the other thing is all those guys are a year older now. Now, 
one thing that may have made a difference last year, and look, I'm an old-time baseball guy. I I don't know that it should make this kind of difference, but I have to understand if you're taken out of your comfort zone, it can really change things up. All these players now are used to going down into the clubhouse between it between innings and looking at video of their at-bats and seeing where they can make adjustments. They all watch video. Last year, players couldn't watch video because they didn't allow the personnel involved in that into the ballpark because of COVID. So, does that explain the drops for Rizzo, Baez, Bryant? Is that a legitimate reason or is an excuse? I guess we're going to find out in 2021 when they get the video back. Okay, you know, are the averages going up or are we seeing guys now on the downside of the bell curve? Interesting. Wow. A lot of things we don't know about what goes on between innings and exactly when you're quote-unquote on the bench. Okay. Uh, my son brought up the all-star voting last night. Well, the NBA All-Star voting, 50% of it is being done through social media. Yes, I think he voted yesterday. Well, I'm sure if he's got a little Twitter account, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. The usual suspects. Yes. Yeah, you can register your vote for your favorite NBA player. And the problem with that is all these NBA teams are out there promoting their guy. You know, yes, they are. And again, that's their job. Mm-hmm. But you sit there and... And you think, okay, well, there can only be 12 on the team. Mm-hmm. There can, you know, maybe the NBA makes it 15 for the All-Star game. I don't know. But there can only be so many on the team, and not everybody's an All-Star. I'm, I'm sorry, but if I'm, for instance, yes, Blake Griffin played well last night. I'm not going to hashtag Blake Griffin. No. He's not an All-Star. Zach Levine for the Bulls. That got a vote at our house last night. Maybe. Maybe. The big boy down in New Orleans. But that's the thing. You you have to look at each conference. Mm-hmm. And if you sit there and you look at the stats and you look at the the different things they do, you know, coming up, sometimes narrowing that field down to 15 is a little bit tough to do. A little do. tough. I get it. All right. We've come to that portion of the podcast, a little segment we call... Underrated, overrated. I'm going to start you with Prince. I loved me some Prince. Uh, Boy, that was my soundtrack in 1984 because the Purple Rain soundtrack came out months before the movie came out. So you knew those songs going in. Uh, The album after that stunk. Then he had some decent size hits in the early 90s. And then he started just cranking out weird stuff. But a phenomenal performer. Phenomenal. Died way too soon, but, you know, messing with uh, pharmaceuticals that he shouldn't have been. Um, and, and, and here's another horrible example of uh, when the family jumps in and starts taking care of your body of work. They're just, they're just pushing out garbage. There's a reason it was in the vault. Yeah. Leave it in exactly. there. Exactly. Um, I'm going to say, I want to say down the middle, but slightly overrated because there's a season of career that was untouchable, but it wasn't good all the time. Right. 
Here's the other thing, and, and probably why I agree with you. As I was thinking about this, I was thinking influence. You know, what kind of influence did Prince have? And, of course, Prince had the Sheila E. Apollonias, all those ladies that he was pushing out into the musical field. Mm -hmm. They were all kind of tied with him, not only professionally but personally. None of them really panned out with great careers. Not like his, no. Well, no. The time. Certainly not like his, but... The time in Moore's day was almost more novelty than it was anything. Yeah. And I just, I don't see him having the kind of great influence over rock that he's touted to have. Mm. Because I don't I don't see those branches really going out and doing a whole lot. You might not be listening to the right people to hear Well, I probably am not. But, uh, like, I would say off the top of my head, there wouldn't be a Lenny Kravitz without Prince. Would I miss that? No. Um, <laughs> some people would. Yeah, some people um, would. I know. I know. But he's, you know, you, you can't deny musical genius. The oh. guy can play literally every instrument. No question. I mean, but, him, himself. But and nobody, one eclectic, weird, crazy dude. Yeah. And there's some stories that are floating around out there that are phenomenal. Uh, let me point you one to right now. Go to YouTube and type in Jimmy Fallon Prince ping pong story. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, that sounds funny. Jimmy Fallon Prince ping pong story. Questlove has a couple stories too about a cuss jar that is hilarious. That's out there on a podcast somewhere, NPR or whatever. But I would say somewhere down the middle, leaning overrated. Okay. Uh, let me throw another one at you. Let's go into the country realm. Okay. You're good buddy. <laughs> You've worked side by side with this man. I have stood next to him. Garth Brooks. I would say, in my notes here, I put the greatest entertainer of our time, I dare say. Really? Yeah. Or at least top five of all time. He's the guy. He's the total package. I've never seen him act. Well, I would, I wouldn't. I mean, in the musical world, okay. I yeah, I wouldn't say because when you say entertainer, I think of somebody like Timberlake. Okay, you didn't you didn't enjoy his uh, Saturday Night Live uh, hosting duties way back in the day, Garth? Yeah, eh, it was kind of wooden. It was a little, it was a little weak. But I would say, you know, people still show up in stadiums to see him. Well, we have evidence of that right here in town. And, I mean, an absolutely yeah miserable night. Weather-wise, and it was still full. It was still full because we knew what we were going to get. Yeah. And he had taken a 17-year break. You know, he's got a new album out that I don't think anybody even knows about. But he's still, I'd say, down the middle. I would say underrated, and this, again, goes back to the influence. Okay. He was, now, he wasn't the first country crossover artist. There were people before but I think he was the first who made country more appealing to the urban areas, who really was able to go in there. I mean, you could picture Garth Brooks performing in Chicago or New York. Uh, You couldn't necessarily, you know, he wasn't just 
the Grand Ole Opry and Nashville and a hee-haw guy or something like that. He was somebody, and obviously anybody who's gone to one of his shows knows, there is so much put into that show. It is, it's a feast for the senses. It really is. He did a tour about five or six years ago, and it was the first time I saw him. It was at the Rosemont Horizon in Chicago. We were at the first show of the night. He was doing two nights for, I think, two weeks. He had a 7 o'clock and a 10 o'clock. And that much energy in one night, and then turn around and do it again and again and again. The dude is a workhorse. Yep. So I I will give him slightly underrated. Slightly underrated. Okay. Uh, Let's see here. Today's Friday. So this happened on Tuesday night. I knew what I was getting myself into. I went and got in line at Popeye's Chicken in Elkhart, wrapped around the building for a reason. In my opinion, the best chicken sandwich amongst all the others. I think I had some influence on you. Tell us your experience. Well, you mentioned, I think, yesterday morning on the radio show, we had talked about the locations. And I don't know if this was on the air or off the air. Sometimes those two shows bleed into one another in my head. Uh, but you had also mentioned the uh, economically impoverished west side of South Bend. Out by the airport. Out by the airport. And so I was going home on the bypass yesterday. Uh, yes, I was on the bypass. You know why? It was good weather day. So I was staying on the bypass, and I decided, well, let's get off here at US-20. Let's go past the South Bend wannabe international airport. But you're not. And let's check out the West Side Popeyes. And as I pull up there on McKinley, I notice, hey, this line's not bad. It's only about three deep. It's not circling around the building or out into the street. It's reasonable. And it was, you know, it was before one o'clock. So it's lunch hour. Uh, So I thought, well, let's pull on in here and pulled up. And I'd also heard you say, don't bother with the fries. Nope. So I decided I'm just going to get the sandwich. I'm not going to worry about the combo here. Let's just get the sandwich. I did leave one little thing out, and my wife reminded me of this. Their apple pie is pretty stellar as well. I I didn't need those calories. That's okay. Don't worry. I had them in your honor. Okay. Good for you. Mm -hmm. So I got uh, said chicken sandwich and drove it home. With pickle? Um, whatever comes on it. Okay. I didn't I didn't ask for any extras, whatever comes on it. Okay. In the meantime, I've texted my eldest son, who swears by the sandwich as you do, and says anytime that he's flying through Nashville, he grabs one for himself to take on the plane as his meal. I like this Peter Freebie. So um and then I had said sandwich. Now remember this week it's just been me and the dog at home. Mm-hmm. The dog was very, very upset because he didn't get any. He could smell it, and uh, he thought it was his divine right, apparently, to have some, and it's not. While the ladies are away. Yes. He goes, come on, boys, boys stay in. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, the brioche bun, I think, is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it adds some calories that I probably don't need, but it's really good. The sandwich itself, I would I would say this. 
If I were to get it next time, I would try the spicy version. Okay. It was almost a little too mild. I kind of expected that batter to have some seasoning in it, maybe just a little bit of pepper in there. Okay. Or whatever sauce that they were putting on it to have some seasoning. And it it didn't really. Uh, it was a fine sandwich. Uh, it's, believe me, I wasn't like, send it back. But it did not wow me as it came across that it wows you. Well, nothing does. <laughs> Ever. Now that's. Ever. Oh, come on. Ever. Ever. Peter Freebie. Me. You. Meh. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that out of spite. It's just I was I was excited to have this finally. I'm glad you did. And to, you know. Let me ask you this. Better than McDonald's? Oh, yeah. Better than Chick-fil-A? I'm not sure about that. Come on. I'm not sure about that. Because here's the deal. I went and did a, more research yesterday and had Chick-fil-A. Yeah. I think Popeye's is better. Okay. I I think you get more bang for your buck well, you at definitely, Popeye's. You definitely get more food. I mean, I, mean, I feel that, like you're getting a whole chicken. Yeah, well, it's not a whole chicken, <laughs> but that you're getting the kind of chicken breast that you buy at the butcher shop. Yeah. You're not getting something hammered down. Yeah. I think that's the biggest difference between the Chick-fil-A sandwich and the Popeye sandwich. That Popeye sandwich is thick. Have you ever had Popeye's chicken, just chicken, not a sandwich? You know, no, I haven't. All right, well, so maybe, maybe that's our next... Maybe I will love that chicken at Popeye's. I don't know. Mm. But uh, I, I would... <laughs> that I, reminds me of my childhood watching Cubs because they'd sneak in a commercial. Love that chicken from Popeye's. Exactly. That's a big Chicago uh, restaurant place, right? Um, well, it wasn't originally. I mean, it started out in Louisiana. It's chain. Yeah. I'm sure it's very popular in Chicago. But, uh, well, did you, did you go out and buy yourself some True Link Fence while you were watching those Cubs games? I, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> but I always want, what's the, what's the grocery store over there, too, that they Jewel? Jewel. Yes. Oh, yeah. My gosh. Oh, the good old days. Yeah. Well, we've, we've exhausted this list. Yes, we have. Thanks so much for listening. Hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We were just talking behind the scenes yesterday. I feel like our consistency is top notch. Well, we're here three days a week. We don't. We don't. Mean. We don't miss a beat. Well, that that's in the that's for the listener to tell us. If we miss an episode, it's because something came up. It really did, and we almost did today. <laughs> Woo! Thanks for listening, Yak fans. Ooga Luga, Ryan Sandberg. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sport Check. Sport Check. Sport Check is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. 
Expires April 30th. One-time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5hourenergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.